0: Welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to improve themselves, overcome obstacles, and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For those of you who caught my special episode that I dropped last Friday and gave me some feedback, I'm so grateful to you. Thank you. That episode was the state of the podcast address of sorts and I kind of just went through that what the past year was like and what I've learned and the challenges I'm facing right now with the podcast. So I've gotten several emails from people and direct messages, and if I haven't replied to you yet, don't worry, I will, but I'm really grateful for the feedback that you gave me. And I have two requests of you before we head into this interview today. Um, The first is to make sure you listen to the podcast, and I know that might sound lame, but... There is a new algorithm in the iTunes podcast app, and that is where most of my listeners come from. So if you don't see me pop up in your podcast feed very often, that's just because you need to, you need to find me and click on the latest episode. And if you don't see me for a week or two, do it again, and I would be so grateful for that. Um, and then the second request I have for you is to share the podcast individually or publicly, If you can share the podcast with others who you think would benefit from it, word will spread and we'll be able to share this good message to other people as well. If you also weren't able to catch last Wednesday's episode with Lisa Funk, you definitely need to check that out. She had such incredible wisdom to share with us, especially on mental health and creativity. So I have linked to that episode as well as my State of the Podcast Address episode in the show notes for you. You can find the show notes on my website, aboutprogress.com, and you can also find more of me on Facebook and Instagram at About Progress. Let me tell you about our fabulous guest today. It's Tamron Bennett. She was so fun to talk to. Her voice is just cheerful. Her attitude is contagious. This woman talks about how she became a triathlete, a marathon runner, all from barely being able to even run a few miles at a time and starting into racing at 25 years old. So that was 10 years ago and Tamron has been through quite a lot since then, both within racing and outside of racing too. So Tamron shares a lot about the the personal setbacks she has had, and the trials her family has faced as well, and what she has learned about how comparison can really rob our progress if we let it, and what she's done to withstand that. So let's turn our time to Tamron. I want to welcome Tamron Bennett to the show. Hi, Tamron.
1: Hi, Monica. How are you?
0: I am so great, but am really looking forward to chatting with you. Can you start by giving our listeners a little introduction?
1: I guess I feel like the most important thing about me is that I'm a mom of four and then I consider myself a runner triathlete.
0: So as a runner triathlete, we're going to talk about what you do to do all of that. And um, as we were chatting before uh, recording, you were mentioning something about how you were surprised that you wanted, that we wanted to interview tonight because you consider yourself very ordinary. and. I don't think that's true, but I love that you think that about yourself because I think that's going to make a lot of people um, feel more inspired by you and what you have been able to accomplish. So let's start then. What what was your background a little bit? Where were you like growing up?
1: Well, I grew up in a pretty big family. I'm um, the middle of seven kids, and just, most of it was we just played outside. I didn't necessarily... Hmm do any sort of um, extracurricular activities. My parents were self-employed and so it was just we just ran around. Um, I was lucky to grow up right in front of an amazing canyon and Mm. we played in that canyon pretty much sunrise to sunset. It was just fun. So spent a lot of time just hiking and exploring up there Um, and so I guess it's just, I've always been fairly active, but not necessarily in a particular sport.
0: So when did you start getting into, uh, I imagine maybe running came first or was it swimming, biking? What came first for you?
1: Well, it was actually a sprint triathlon. Um, when I was 25, I just had my second child and a bunch of guys at my husband's work had all signed up for this sprint triathlon and they were talking about it and how it, um, their training was going and it was a lot of fun and it sounded intriguing to me. I was just kind of like, oh, I don't do anything but feed babies and, you know, do nap times all day long. I kind of want to do something. Hmm. Um, and so I decided to sign up for um, a sprint. And a sprint distance is a 750-meter open-water swim, a a 12-and-a-half-mile bike, and then a 5K run, which is 3.1 miles. And I didn't really do any of those. I didn't know how to swim. I mean, I knew how to stay afloat in water. Yeah. But I didn't know how to do any strokes whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I did have a mountain bike, and I think I had ridden it twice um like to the neighborhood park or something yeah so um and I had a mountain bike and then no I didn't run I did play soccer um in high school Uh so that was kind of the extent of my running background
0: this is so so fun to learn about you (laughs) and you were 25 years old and that's when you like tried all those three so why why all three at once then That's a pretty overwhelming. (laughs) It just seemed interesting. Well, okay. So my
1: husband is actually a runner. He did track in high school and college. And so he would run and he tried to get me to go with him. And I just thought it was torture. Yeah. I mean, we, I couldn't even hang with him like 10 minutes. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So I think the idea of the triathlon appealed to me a little bit more because it was, it wasn't just, running. Yeah. So it was kind of being active but not just running because I thought people that ran were crazy. So
0: <laughs> That's great. Wait, so how did that first sprint go for you then?
1: You know, it was awesome. It was kinda crazy. I um ended up buying a oh, one of those bike trailers that can also be a running a, mm. a jogging stroller. Yeah. And so I, I would put my two babies in there. Um, by the time I signed up, I had a five-month-old and, I, let's see, I have to do the math. Sorry. Was she 18 or 19 months old? They're really close. Oh, yeah. So, so I would put my little. two babies in there, and we would just go on, you know, short little bike rides and short little runs. And um, then I had a gym membership that had a playroom where you could take your kids, um, and I would just go to the pool and watch other people and try to mimic what they were doing yes. <laughs> to learn how to swim. <laughs> so oh my that seemed to work for, I, like I said, I trained for three months, and I did that first sprint triathlon, and I was hooked. Um, mm. I just remember on the bike, thinking, wow, this must be what it's like to be high, Um, (laughs) because it was just such a euphoric feeling, and then um, the run was actually the part I was the most nervous about. Mm. I really was questioning if I'd be able to run 3.1 miles of 5K, Um, so a couple of weeks before the sprint triathlon, I actually signed up for a 5K, just because I wanted to make sure I could actually run three point one miles so it was just it was an awesome feeling just that feeling when you cross the finish line that your hard work that you had done you know trying something new and actually making it happen it was just it was a really memorable moment for me
0: I love that and so what, from there on um did you just start signing up for more and more races or, or do you even even know what how many races you've done since then?
1: Um, so I pretty much stuck to sprint triathlons. Uh-huh. Um, that, that first sprint triathlon I did was actually in October. And so I um, waited until the Black Friday fell and you could get races at discounts. And um, I grew up in southern Utah in the St. George area. And... St. George at that time had a series, um, three different triathlons, one in May, one in June, and one in September. And it, I forget what the name of the series was called, but um, if you signed for the Black Friday sale, it was a really good price. And so I ended up doing that. And so that following year I did um, just those three sprint triathlons. And it just seemed like after that I would kind of pick, you know, which sprint am I going to do next, you know, so it was kind of fun, and um, it's kind of crazy, because then I got my older brother into it, he did that, um, the sprint marathon that was in June with me, and he was hooked, and mm. so then he got me talking and saying, hey, I think I'm going to do a half Ironman next year. You really should do it. And I, you know, still had my, my mountain bike. And I was like, no, there's no way I'm going to do it. I don't even have a bike. And so he looked on KSL, that's the local classifieds, and um, he found a bike for me. He's like, hey, I got you a bike. Now let's do this. Oh, and that's so, so
2: sweet.
1: Um, so we signed up for Iron Man Boise. Um, mm. That was the following June. So it gave us about a year um, yeah. to kind of prepare for it. Uh-huh. And um, so at that time, I was actually pregnant and um, had my third child. Wow. And so I was like, okay, so let's do this you know, trying to figure out how am I going to do this with a newborn baby? And, um, Mm -hmm. and the part that made me the most nervous again was the running because, you know, I'd only run a five K before and I was thinking, how in the world can I run a half marathon? So I decided to sign up for a half marathon to see if I could even run a half marathon. Yeah. Um, and that was in November. Um, before the Iron Man and my little guy, let's see, he was born he was just like four months old at the time I believe. Uh-huh. So he was four months old and I had no idea what I was doing but anyway, I did my first half marathon um, and again I did it in southern Utah. It's kind of convenient to be able to go down there and my kids can play with grandma and grandpa and So it's kind of easier to do races down there. Um, So I did the Snow Canyon half. So that race will always have a very special place in my heart because it was just a beautiful course. It's still my very favorite half. I think I've done it four or five times since. But anyway, it was just kind of cool being able to, I remember when I was training, the first time I ran 10 miles, I was just. Like holy cow, I just ran ten miles on my own two feet. Yeah. So anyway, after being able to do that, then I was like, okay, here we go. Have to run. And I don't know if I quite knew what I was getting myself into. Mm-hmm. Um, because with three little kids, so I had a two-year-old. Oh no, scratch that. Sorry, a three-year-old, a two-year-old, mm. and then my. Um, my newborn. And it just was really hard to fit yeah. in the training. Um, and so I did end up doing um, that first half them. But then after that, you know, after talking with my husband, we were like, okay, I don't think we can really, you know, this isn't quite working, I would be getting up too early or staying up too late. And it just was, kind of hard to fit it all in Mm. and so then I took a six-year hiatus from triathlon oh
0: really okay so how many years ago was this then
1: this was I did that um, Ironman in Boise in 2010 okay and then just last year in 2016 is when I did my next triathlon
0: that's amazing okay so a six-year hiatus because you know, this is one, this is an important lesson, right? There are times where you have to take a step back and, you know, for the betterment of your family and for your own health. And do you, do you still feel like that was the right choice for you?
1: Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I I had a friend who I think put it the best. She's like, you know what, Cameron, the races are always going to be there. Your kids aren't. Mm. And, and it's so true. I mean, it, honestly, those years went by so quickly. Mm. And I didn't take those years completely off from exercising. Um, I didn't feel like I could fit triathlon in. Um, But I felt like I could fit running in Mm. just by itself. Um, I feel like running, you can get up early in the morning and you can be done. And I mean, even if you do, you know, a 20 mile run, it's a three hour workout, you're done. And that's not very often that you do that, you know? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yes. So, um, so then I got this crazy idea that I was going to try my first marathon. (laughs) Yes. And, um, again, I went back to good old St. George and I entered the lottery and was just like, okay, well, if I get in, then I guess I'm going to do a marathon, but if I don't, okay, then I won't. Um, And was this during the six-year hiatus from
0: TRIES? Yes. Okay. Yeah, this was after I
1: had my fourth child. Um, So this was in 2000, January of 2012 is Mm -hmm. when I decided I was going to. So it was about um, a year and a half after the the Boise Ironman. Okay.
0: So how did that go? Because... I mean, even, gosh, you know, marathon training is still a lot of work, you know, and marathons are really, really, really hard. So, so how did that all go for you? (laughs)
1: Well, it was a learning experience. I decided to do, um, I, I don't know, with anything I do, I want to feel prepared for it. It's not like I'm just going to sign up for a race and, you know, hope for the best, um, So I'm a big planner. And so, like I said, I decided in January that I would set that goal. And the marathon's in October. Um, And so I started with just a simple 5K training program. Hmm. And I did a 5K. And then I did a 10K training program. And then a half marathon. Um, So I, I think my half was in May. And then I jumped into the marathon training. So I
0: gradually worked up to it. That's just so smart. That really is such a smart way to train. That's the
1: best way to do it, you know, for your body in terms of reducing risk of injury and everything. But I also felt like just in terms of mental, it didn't seem overwhelming. Just because I gradually worked my way up to it. So by the time I was into the longer runs, it wasn't such a shock. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so you went from not even being sure if you could do a three and a half mile race um, or a part of your sprint and then to doing a 26 mile marathon. So... <laughs> That, I, I love that you did that just by small steps. And then and it seems like you began to de- identify yourself as a runner for someone who would never ran before. Yes.
1: It was probably that summer when I was training for a marathon that I, at some point I realized, you know what? I really love running. Like yeah. I would actually look forward at night to laying out my clothes the night before and mm-hmm. setting my alarm early and the thought of waking up and going out on a run
0: so what do you Weird love that about it? No, I, I, I love running as, as well. So I, I get it. But for those who are listening, you're like, I only run when I'm being chased.
2: <laughs> why, why
0: do you love it? What is it about it that, that just gives you that motivation to keep doing it?
1: You know, for me, a big part of it is that's the only time I really get to myself. Yeah. Um, it's kind of just, A quiet time where I get to sort my thoughts and, you know, any stresses that I might be having, you can kind of put into perspective like, oh, that's really not that big of a deal. Or just kind of, especially in the early morning, you know, when the sun rises, it's just so quiet and still Mm. that you just think more clearly. And so I would get, you know, ideas that I wouldn't necessarily think of before and um, kind of answers I'd been searching for. And it just kind of became me time. Mm. And so I could go home and I would feel refreshed and energized and ready to, you know, be mom. Just being Mm. mom's not easy. Yeah, I mean, we all say we love it because we do. But let's be honest, it's hard.
0: Yeah.
1: It's extremely hard. You have, you know, kids who... Well, I'll just go out there on a limb. I mean, my kids don't listen to me all the time. So I'm assuming <laughs> what? other kids don't listen. <laughs> but, um, you know, you say things over and over and yeah. they don't listen and you just get frustrated. Um, and I just find that when I run or any form of exercise in the morning, I don't have a short of a fuse. I just feel like, okay, I can handle this.
0: It's just Um, so interesting, though, that, you know, something as uh, energy demanding as working out is, especially if you are training for big races like you have been for the past, I don't know, nine years, nine, ten years, if I'm doing the math right at all. Um, Yeah, it'll be ten years. Oh, yeah, good. Okay. Um, So, you know, it's it's just so interesting that expending that energy is actually the way to get energy back especially mentally, you know, and emotionally. It's
1: kind of one of of those ironic things, but I don't know. I kind of joke with a couple of my friends. We kind of call it our our shot of coffee. We're not coffee Mm -hmm. drinkers, but it's like, you know, we've we've got to go get our cup of coffee, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. To
0: get going for the day. You know, and Mm -hmm. even someone who isn't into, you know, training for big things, I think just taking that time to themselves and even – expending energy into some kind of project I think will be it'll surprise them how it actually gives you more energy right
1: absolutely I mean I have a sister-in-law who is amazing at DIY projects and her home is beautiful and she loves to do that stuff Mm. and um you know that is her time that's what she does and she loves it and that stuff you know, would give me an ulcer. I, it yeah. just doesn't come naturally. I, I kind of, I feel like it's just more work than anything. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and so I feel like it's just, it's great that there's so many different activities because we're all different. But Totally. Just, you know, having some form of an outlet to just, I don't know, I just feel like especially as a mom, you need some sort of me time.
0: Absolutely. So, from that first marathon, how did it go from there? Was that like what got you hooked into running races, or or was that one well, thing that came in and out as well?
1: Okay, this is actually where I feel pretty lucky and unique, and I know a lot of people don't have the same experience, but I ran that first marathon, and my whole goal was I just didn't want to walk Mm. he just wanted to finish Um, and so I finished and I actually qualified for Boston Wow! Um, and so like I said I know that's not everyone's experience so I hate to I actually hate to say that just because I know it. I don't want it to come across like oh it's so easy because I do feel like I really prepared for it it wasn't like I just was like hey I'm going to go run Mm -hmm. but I really was going to be a one-and-done, like marathon, hmm. checklist, okay, done. Yeah. But then I qualified for Boston, and I didn't even really know what the qualifying times were. Hmm. Um, and But then when everyone was telling me about it, and I didn't know much about Boston either. I wasn't – I guess I didn't have a running background. I didn't grow up in a family of runners. I didn't really even know anybody that, you know – I I didn't have much association with the Boston Marathon so I was just kind of like oh okay you know what's the Boston Marathon type of thing (laughs) which makes me sound so ignorant you know I'm um, just imagining
0: some runner's jaws like dropping you know as you ask that
1: question oh I kind of want to put my foot in my mouth when I say that but I just I didn't know I didn't realize what it was but as I learned more about it then I was like oh, holy cow, yeah, I really want to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, being all of a sudden that one and done theory (laughs) about the marathon now turned into, well, I've got to maintain this shape, you know, for Boston. So it's kind of funny the way Boston works is you register in September for the April marathon. Um, so where my marathon was in October, the registration had already passed. Mm. Yeah. So my race actually qualified me for like a year and a half away. Wow! If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, well this race was kind of a long way away. Maybe I should do one in between. And so I had a friend talk me into doing the Ogden Marathon. So. Okay.
0: So it just kinda yeah, went so from there. That was like your other training. Somehow run. I did another one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so how many marathons have you run now?
1: Let's see. I have done six.
0: So for you, you've you've run a lot of um fulls, I'm sure you've run a lot of halves, and then you started back into doing triathlons again. So how did you know it was time?
1: Well, so, my youngest, um, he just started kindergarten now. So, last year, he was in preschool three days a week. And it yeah. was like, you know what? I think I could probably make it work now mm-hmm. by, you know, doing... I could do one workout in the morning before the kids wake up. And then I can do another workout when he's at preschool. And I think I can make it work. And so, you know, talking it over with my husband, he was like, okay. So I jumped in back into the triathlon and, oh, I didn't realize how much I'd missed it. <laughs> really?
0: Oh, Something it's just, unique about it, huh?
1: You know, I love running. I really do. But just, um, I can't pick a favorite
0: really? out of the three. I was just going to really. ask you that.
1: No, I can't. It's just I really do love all three. I wouldn't say that I'm great at all three, but I love all
0: three. So, so. which one did you <laughs> did you have to work the hardest at to develop?
1: Uh, you know I feel like running is still the hardest. Mm-hmm.
0: Um That's probably the hardest on your body, um period right it definitely
1: is yeah it definitely is the hardest on your body swimming and biking are such low impact sports mm-hmm. and you can do those you know every day and it's i mean the recovery from those is you know minimal and it's just requires a lot less energy to do those because they are so low impact um and running is just a beast all on its own It. You know, we love it, but it's also just, it can be tough.
0: Yeah, and tough on and you. it can
1: really, it can
0: really break your heart sometimes, too. <laughs> yes. You know, I I want to talk about that. That's what I was actually going to ask next. You know, tell us about these setbacks that you can face as you train. You know, for small to big races, there are always going to be setbacks. As an athlete like you are, you're going to face them all the time. So tell us about some of the times that you have had some obstacles in your training and maybe some big letdowns and what those were like. Oh, are you in one right now? Right.
1: I, yeah, I am. It's kind of, Oh, so I guess there's a little backstory. When I was training for Boston in 2014, um, I had some things going on in my personal life that just kind of were um, really, really stressful. It was with one of my kids and Mm. just, I don't know, as a mom, I mean, your kids, they're your heart walking around outside your chest, you know? And so when something is going on with them, it just kind of, it takes you know, it occupies your thoughts, your feelings, everything, um, okay. and so it was kind of a, a difficult time. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm being pretty vague. I, I guess okay. it's not. It's not a huge thing. It was just um, my son was five at the time, and um, the the few months leading up to to Boston we were actually going through the diagnosis of him having autism. Oh, yeah. And, Oh, that's um, hugely stressful. And it's, Hmm. I mean, it's not like a, a woe is me, you know, this is a hopeless thing. It's not. But Hmm. it's just, it was something new to us. It was a really big learning thing. Like, okay, well, what can we do to help him? Yes. You know, because as his parents, we just want him to have, the best life he can we want to make sure that he succeeds in life and that we can do all we can to help that you know and so um just kind of a lot of late nights mm-hmm. not really being able to sleep because of a parent you just lay there and think about your kids and worry about their future and what you can do for them but I would still get up early and do my run and um i think just that whole time um i wasn't necessarily listening to my body mm-hmm. um cuz i i really just think i was too preoccupied with what was going on with my son
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um i ended up putting my body into adrenal fatigue oh yeah um which you know, it's it's not the worst thing in the world, but it definitely um, it just kind of vaps all of your energy. You know, if your body's not producing hormones that you need, like testosterone, estrogen, adrenaline, yeah, <laughs> you know, things like that. Those are pretty
0: important. Yeah, those
1: adrenal glands have just been overtaxed, and they just stop working. Hmm. Um, and really, the best thing for them is sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you have to mm-hmm. you have to let those recover and um it just I I wasn't being smart about getting the sleep. You know, you know how it is sometimes. You're just like, Oh, I I can just power through it.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: Mm-hmm. Like it but anyway, wasn't wasn't my smartest move ever and um just I I guess You know, Boston ended up being a pretty hard marathon Mm. for me. Yeah. Um, just because as my body was shutting down, I, I would get sick. You Mm -hmm. know, I get lose my voice. I would cough, and I mean, so that's kind of. I went into to Boston with a pretty deep cough and just really tired, and um, and so it was. Actually my slowest marathon I've ever done. (laughs) But I mean, it was it was Boston. It was the experience. It wasn't about the race. So um but even still I didn't um I didn't at that point really know what was going on. I just thought I was sick. Um and it wasn't and for a couple of months that I was finally like, Okay, I'm not really bouncing back and So I went into a doctor and they did the full blood panel and and then once I got, you know, treated and with some help with that, it was, it was actually a pretty long recovery. Um, it sounds
0: like it would be.
1: So from, from that time, Boston in 2014, I didn't do another race until, um, 2016. Mm. So it was almost two years
0: wow. mm-hmm. that
1: it, it took me to recover. So that was probably my biggest setback.
0: That is um, huge. That's huge. And
1: it was, it was hard. There were, I mean, my doctor was like, well, you can run for like 20 minutes max. Hmm. <laughs> I'm like, are you oh, kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and then there would be, you know, weeks and even, a couple of months that I wasn't able to run at all just because walking up the stairs, I would get winded and lightheaded. So wow. just, you know, you got to take care of your body. <laughs> you
0: have to down.
1: Yeah. So anyway, he did warn me, you know, that um, where I'd already pretty much my adrenal glands had gone into failure, oh. where I'd already done that to them. Um, that I would be more susceptible, so I have been, um, you know, taking hormone supplements and and various um, prescriptions that he still has me taking. Um, continually, mm-hmm. and that he, you know, he's like, "You'll probably be taking them for the rest of your life," which,
2: wow,
1: you know, it's fine. My husband mm-hmm. makes fun of my geriatric pharmacy that I take every day, yeah. but
0: <laughs> so it's how, fine. How have you prevented? slipping back into adrenal fatigue then since you've picked up uh you know a lot more training since you're, well, you made your full um, recovery.
1: And this is something where I feel kind of dumb. So this year I definitely did increase my volume a lot more. Um and I didn't increase my rest. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and, I mean, it sounds so silly that I didn't, but I would still just go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time. And and it's kind of like, oh, well, duh. You know, it's just kind of a common sense that if you are increasing your energy expenditure, you need to increase your renewal, too, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, anyway, um, yeah, and about... April of this year it it just kind of seemed like um things were just off that was kind of the best way I could describe it I just I I felt off um and in particular my running because you know like we talked about earlier it's just harder on your body so Mm -hmm. it requires more energy and I just didn't have that energy to give um one of the most notable things, I did a half marathon in June, and I I felt great. I had you know taken an easier week and everything leading up to it, and on race day I just could not get my legs to move.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, hmm. And and so it was it was still a good half marathon. So I I don't want it to come across that I'm not happy with it, but it wasn't what it, I should have done.
0: Yeah, I see. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. Um, so how were you, I mean, so is that when you knew like, I have to rest more, I have to change how I'm training a little? No,
1: I, no, I still at that point was just kind of like, oh, you know, maybe I did take it too hard then this week. I thought I'd back off. but it was a couple of weeks later, um, I was supposed to do Iron Man up in Idaho, mm-hmm. the 70.3. Yeah. And I just hadn't felt that great that week, you know, just kind of a little bit here and there, but I wasn't sure it was. it was just, you know, I was hungry, you know, and so I ate and I felt fine. Um, but then I I started getting, my body does this thing when I get really overly tired is it just kind of shuts down mm-hmm. and I'll start to lose my voice first. And, and then I mm-hmm. just get really, really tired and fatigued. And it started doing that, and my husband was just like, "There's no way you are driving up to Idaho and doing this race." Mm,
0: um, how heartbreaking! And it was it was hard. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it sounds so silly, it but it was hard. Though, if you if you, I mean, if you can explain how many hours, a day, a week, a month, you know, six months, a year goes into training for these Ironman races. That is hugely disappointing.
1: It is actually you're right. Yeah. <laughs> a lot a lot does go into it. And I mean, anytime you do a race, you usually kind of you know you you take you adjust your your training schedule too
2: mm-hmm. to allow
1: for you know a little bit of a taper and then recovery. um and so you know, the week of to. Have to make that decision. You're like, oh mm-hmm. shoot! I just missed on like what could have been like a really productive week, and by, you know, kind of preparing me for a race that I'm not even doing. Yeah. Um. And anyway, it was it was hard, especially you know tracking friends that did that race that day, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know just being like, oh, I should be there right now. Oh, um. Yeah. But. Um, It was at that point that I called my doctor again, and Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I need to get in, and unfortunately, he's pretty booked, but he couldn't get me in until September, Um, and so it was just a couple weeks ago, actually, that I went back in, so I've kind of been um, taking it pretty easy in terms of running since then. Yeah. Um, and I've even taken a couple, I mean, I took a couple of weeks off in June, a couple of weeks off in August and then the um, first couple weeks of September.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and you've still been training it. hard though, you know, in the other sports, but that's gotta be a mind game there, right? You know, just going into, cause you're going into another race soon, aren't you?
1: Yeah. So I'm doing the Chicago marathon It's actually 20 in 20 days.
0: (laughs) Yeah, okay.
1: And it's it's kind of hard because, um, you know, as I mentioned before, I want to feel prepared going into a race. And so you do these long training runs and um, you want to do sprint workouts and tempo workouts and, you know, these key workouts to, you know, put you in really good marathon shape and... Unfortunately, I haven't been able to do that. Um, I mean, I think my my longest training run was 15 miles, and I think that was in June. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did run a half marathon a couple weeks ago. My doctor gave me the green light. He said, well, that's fine, but you have to keep it easy, easy effort. You Mm -hmm. cannot push at all. So he... I I could still do Chicago as long as I don't race it. You just have yeah. to keep the effort easy. And so that's that's been the game plan since then is just take it easy. Um, and then obviously he said he did up my, um, my dosages of the hormones that I take. Mm-hmm. It's, it's with the extra volume. I'm also requiring, you know, a little bit more from my adrenals. Um, and so he did up that, but then he's like, you know, you've got to kind of think of yourself as an older body and you've got to give it the rest that it needs. So...
0: oh Yeah, it's just always going to, you know, they're always going to be these setbacks, but they're still, they just sound so hard every time, especially when there's so much time and effort and money and sacrifice going into doing this, um, and, you know, so much dreaming as well. So I, I wish you the best of luck. I know that this is going to probably air after you've already run the marathon, so I'll have to give people an update on on just oh. if you're <laughs> able to still be okay during it, but um, I don't know. Good luck, Cameron. I'm sure that's going to be hard. Thank you. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yes. My
1: biggest thing is just When you're told you can't run, that's the lowest blow. Mm -hmm. But easy running is better than no running. So I will take it all day long.
0: Yes. Well, see, I'd love to hear your perspective on things. I mean, you've repeatedly say, like, it's not a big deal, you know, things like that. Even though other people would just probably be, you know, lying down just so sad and upset. And I'm sure you've done that, too. But um, it just seems like maybe these, maybe what you've gone through with your with your son has just given you some perspective um, on what matters and when to slow down and when to put things in high gear. Is that the case for you? I am- you know,
1: I think so, probably. I, I guess I haven't thought of it in that, those terms before, but you know, anytime something happens um, where you you stop and you have to really look at things, you realize what your priorities are, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and the rest of the stuff just—I mean, it's it's just icing on the cake, yeah. you know.
0: Okay. I love to hear that. You know, there's this, this, there's there's this trap in the community of racing that, um, I mean, like we were talking about, there's so, there's so many pros. I mean, it's just such a a fabulous community and, um, there's so you know, there's so many good things about it, but there's also a trap. There's a lot of intense people who are probably not that balanced all the time. And maybe it can influence people who are training and so good and talented what they do like you to push and push and push and push and kind of lose sight of what really matters most, which is oftentimes not the races, you know? So for you, how have you learned this lesson? How have you been able to stay centered and hold on to the, these uh, lessons you've had and these priorities that you have, um, within this impassioned community?
1: Oh, you know what it is this, I don't think just applies to running. I think it applies to everything. Absolutely. Um, You're
0: so right.
1: Comparison is evil. (laughs) Yeah. It it, it can just, it's just, oh, I I forget who said it, but, you know, the famous quote, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. Um, Anytime you look at someone else's strengths, that may be something that's your weakness. Yeah. You're always going to come up short. Um, And, oh, this is something that, um I just think that I try to work on a lot is because we're always our own worst critic. Mm-hmm. Um, we say things to ourselves that we would never in a million years say to another human being. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, when you, you see, and I'm guilty of this too. When I, and sometimes I'll see on Instagram that, oh, people are doing this for their training and, oh, man, they can run that fast and do that. Well, I want to be able to do that and everything. And, um, you know, at those times, I have to stop and I just have to be like, just just be you. Mm-hmm. This is what you can do. This is, um, and that's such a hard lesson to learn. It's so much easier said than done. But really just being able to look at um, I guess the bigger picture mm-hmm. I mean, would I love to be able to you know run a sub three marathon, sure, and I'm not gonna rule it out. I mean, you know you're, you're maybe close. one day you maybe know? one day, yeah, but um if it doesn't happen, then I'm okay because hmm. it's not. It's not the most important thing in the world to me. Um, And it's not saying that having those kind of goals definitely do take over your life because I don't think they do. I know a lot of people who they can balance it really well. So I think a lot of it is just finding what works for you. And that's why I say I just have to be me. Like, this is what I can do. This is what I can put into this is... um, this is my family' schedule, I mean because we all have different schedules. We all have different interests, different different circumstances of life, yeah, um and so it's I think just the biggest thing is don't compare don't don't look at at someone else and and say, "Well, they can do it, I should be able to do it or or anything
2: mm-hmm.
1: especially with social media because yeah. really unfortunately people put their best out there. You don't see the whole picture. You don't see the behind the scenes. Um, So it's, I think that that's just something I try to do is tell myself to not compare.
0: Well, that's so great. You are just fabulous. I love hearing what you've learned about that because I can see myself getting sucked into it so easily. (laughs) It's hard to stay strong for that, but, um, I guess ultimately it makes life happier, holding holding to the things that really do matter to you. When once you take take stock of it. Hmm. So what what else are you yeah. training for then, Tamron? Like after this, hopefully you're able to um make a full recovery again um, from this kind of dip in the road. Um, were, were there other races down the Pike that you were hoping to build back up to?
1: Yeah, you know, I um, I want to go back and do Coeur d'Alene Yeah. Since, well, I guess I guess not go back, but I would like mm-hmm. to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, since I missed it this year, I I would probably like to do Coeur d'Alene next year. Um, I'm gonna do the Phoenix Marathon in February. It's always the weekend of my birthday, so I Fun. I like to go run a marathon. I've done it the last two years, so this will be my. My third year in a row running that, um, it's a great time of year to just get out of the cold yeah, and, and go be somewhere warm. Um, so That's
0: that's coming for you. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll be cheering for That's the next race
1: you. that i signed up for. Thank you.
0: <laughs> so tell people where they can find you if they are interested in following along with your daily training and everything else that you are up to.
1: Oh, well, I do have an Instagram account, and that's pretty much it. I'm not on Facebook or Twitter or any of the other social media um, places, but it's my name, which I know is a difficult one to spell, but it's Cameron Lee. Um, that's just my first and middle name. That's T-A-M-A-R-Y-N-N-L-E-I-G-H.
0: So Tamron Lee, and I will, I will put that in the show notes for people. You are so fun to follow. And I just, I love getting your voice now behind it. I feel like i will be able to read your captions and just read it in your voice. And (laughs) gosh, you're so, you're so humble too. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really um, amazed by the accomplishments that you've had. And especially since you discovered these talents later in life, I, you know, not later, not like um, you're old, but you know what I mean. Like it's twenty-five okay. people it's okay. don't. Okay, you think. can call
1: me old. No, you're not. If
0: you're old, then I'm old too. But you know, twenty-five <laughs> to pick up all of this—it's pretty amazing, just where you've come from and how far you've gone. So it's—it's it's fun to—it's fun to learn more about how that happened for you.
1: Oh, thank you. You're so nice. <laughs> That's true. Oh, it's fun. It, it it is fun. I I've been lucky to to find something I really love, and then to be able to fit it in my life.
0: So yeah. Well, Tamron, I I ask each guest uh, a question before I say goodbye, and it's what have you learned about yourself the past few years that you would like to share with people?
1: Oh wow! Let's see. What have I learned about myself? Um. I think I've learned patience. Hmm. That, um, and just sometimes you have to trust that this is what's supposed to be. You know, because yeah. I don't know anyone that's ever had a perfect life. Um, you know, we all have little bumps in the road and challenges and trials we go through, and, you know, they either, we learn from them and we grow and become better or, um, you know, they can just teach us so much about ourselves. Hmm. Um, but most of the time I don't feel like those lessons are immediately learned. Yeah. Um, so you kind of just have to just trust that it's all going to work out for the best and just be patient with yourself
0: Oh, I love it, Tamron. It's been such a joy to have you on. Thank you so much for taking the time. thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much,
1: Monica. It's been a lot of fun. Oh,
0: good. Wasn't Tamron amazing? And... You know what? You have to follow her on Instagram. She is someone who is so relatable but inspirational at the same time, which is really hard to find on the internet. Her Instagram, again, is Tamron Lee, and I will link to that in the show notes for you, which you can find at aboutprogress.com. Thank you again, Tamron. It was so fun to get to know you better. I want to, again, thank each and every one of you who take the time to listen to this show. You mean everything to me. You really do. And I hope that you know how grateful I am that you keep showing up each and every Wednesday. Next Wednesday, Tiffany Webster will be on the show. You might know her from the popular talk on HopeWorks on perfectionism and how it is a lie. And she also has written a phenomenal book called Embracing the Broken. And it truly is such a good book. Tiffany and I will go into a lot of things all perfectionism based and I can't wait to share that one with you next Wednesday. And until then, take care of yourself.